I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build magazine. Barry McCarran, who is um, an Instagrammer, I suppose, and he's mostly the chairman of the Passive House Association uh, of Ireland. Great to have you. Thank you. Um, yeah, super. Um, listen, so chairperson of the Passive House Association of Ireland, you've also just recently um, extensively renovated your own bungalow. So you have lots of tips and advice to share to others with an actual practical example. But so I suppose the the thing to, to start off with is probably your own project and what you did and your guiding principles for that. Obviously, you have your own angle with the whole Passive House thing, but... Um, just in general terms. Yeah, well, for, for us, the, the project was really, um, if you go back to the lean years of, of, of the Celtic Tiger and the recession, um, we were able to get um, this home at reasonable money. So then in, in the 10 years or so that we were here living in this house, um, you know, we had dealt with all the shortcomings of the the house, you, you know, cold kitchen um, with a stove in, in one of the living rooms, a really hot space. So um, having, having been in that environment for the six or seven years, um, it was clear to us that, you, you know, we, we were either going to build a new build on, on our family farm, which isn't too far away from here, or, you, you know, slowly but surely, we came to the realisation that we would probably retrofit where we are. Um, because it would be cheaper than a new build. Um, so that's what we did. We just went after then um, doing this retrofit uh, to the best that we could do it. And, and that was really the, the International Passive House Standard um, for retrofit, which is called Enerfit. So that was it, really. Um, and that's, that, that's, we're just finished just over a year ago. Um, and we're in the house now coming up on, yeah, just short of three months. 
Um, so everything to date seems to be going swimmingly and it seems to be doing exactly like it said in the tin and all the rest. So um, I Happy don't know days. if that provides context. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, excellent. So um, this whole uh, Enerfit system, so what's it's it's a fabric first approach, I guess. Um, how does, what are just the, just the headline, we don't have to go into anything technical, but just the headline details of of what you did to actually um retrofit yep. your your own so, so ours ours is the same as most other um you, you know retrofits um that are a deep retrofit now and and also in line with the pacifier standard so very simply it's just five principles those are re really good u values floor wall roof um when when you're doing that you take care with the junctions and the details so we're really looking at, at limiting thermal bridging with the details that's the second principle the third would be high performance windows in the form of triple glazed windows and then principle four and principle five would be you make the the building as airtight as possible to facilitate mechanical heat recovery ventilation and and that was that was it Okay, and airtightness. That's. Can you explain a bit more about what that actually is? I suppose insulation. We all kind of have an idea of insulation is a bit like a coat you put on the house to keep the heat in, um, mm. and the U value calculates basically how good the coat is. As it's like a tog rating almost, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> For the wall, but um, but the airtightness. Can you explain a little bit? Cause that's that's an extra layer, I suppose. That's also very important. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so air tightness is is really a, a very misunderstood topic with a lot of people, but it's really the the golden rule of thumb is you you make the building airtight so you can ventilate. And and a good analogy to to bring that home to most people, and and a reason also not to be nervous about making a building as airtight as possible is it's the same in your car, be, be it the, the hot weather of the summer or the cold weather that there is in the winter. Um, you know, your, your car will recover heat from the engine and, and give it to you in the cockpit. If you had the four windows of the car down and you're driving along 60 mile an hour, that isn't worth a damn. Um, and, and in the summertime, it's air conditioning that's in around you. And, and again, if you had the four windows down, the air conditioning wouldn't be working too well. So it's it's really around that. And now that I've mentioned windows, you, you can open windows in a passive house as well. That's another uh, myth that pops up time and time and time again with all of this. So um, ho hopefully that analogy sort of explains it. Um, for us on the project, um, it's we, we were very fortunate. For years I've been involved in the whole Passive House business and it's been, for a lot of time, tapes and membranes would follow the timber elements of the building. And then the other part would, would normally be, um, you know, the plaster layers and you're relying on the tradesmen and a bit of sequencing and project management. But what has happened in the last, say, two to three years in the Irish market is we've had the influx of airtightness paints, which are very, very, very helpful and allow homeowners to even do it. And, and on our project, um, we, we did have some professional expertise. Our builder did do a bit of it as well. And I suppose fortunate enough for us, we were able to do some of it as well, where you're brushing on the paint uh, in various areas and it's, it's, it's dummy proof, really. Mm -hmm. I suppose you you are that that's the whole thing is you're creating this this barrier really it's your it's it's making the insulation work better obviously you right. can open your windows and all that it's yeah it's it is necessary to get to the passive house standard then isn't it the airtightness do you yeah do you and, 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 and well to your 
point there about that. Uh, you, you know, it's like it's like buying a really good North Face jacket, having really good U values, um, and then going for a hike up the Moor Mountains, but not having any socks or a hat on or anything. You know, air tightness is just a bit. That, that that makes that all work and makes the insulation perform as it should, and without that, you, you're totally open to the elements and totally open to, um, you, you know, the vagrancies of of the building. You know, you know how well it's built and various other factors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the yeah yeah perfect. So um, in terms of insulation, let's say, what are the different types? Because the topics, the insulation, air tightness. What what are the just headline different types of insulation for people who are new to this game? Yeah. So so again, you've got a a, a very well understood market for for anybody here that's coming to it. Um, the, the the family of insulations, I suppose follow um largely you, you know the quilt insulations that we, we we would be familiar with and um, going back to, to whenever i was a child you have the fiberglass insulations that would be in your roof and um, with that as well then you also have a, a, a new one there rockwell which actually one of the sponsors of this session and then you move much into then the boards and then within the different boards of insulations uh, you have a eps which is like the little styrofoam bowl the balls that you would get um when you open say a child's toys very similar to that um, that's what we used on our external wall insulation system and then you have a whole raft and i mentioned all the various companies but you have them pir insulations they're the insulations that are sort of yellow in color or with a green tinge that, that you would see in between two foil back layers um, and again all of these as we're talking even and um, the conductivities of these materials are improving all the time, as is the embodied carbon of them as well, to be fair. And then the last area of insulations that is growing in terms of demand is the natural ventilations. So they include wood fiber, uh, hemp, cellulose, the different products like that. And, and we've used some of those in our project as well. Um, and, and there's a real demand, as I said, growing around those, being driven by policy around a body carbon, really. Mm -hmm. So so what did you put then? You said you did external wall insulation for your own build. That's a bit more expensive than dry lining mm. internally or trying to pump cavities. What was the, the thinking behind your own house? When you use external wall insulation, you do get a couple of benefits. One is you get to change the outside look of the building because you get to get a new render. Um, in a lot of cases with a retrofit, you'd be doing that anyway. So there's a trade-off in cost. It, you know, you know, if you're taking a new plastered layer and everything that you were going to be doing, you can deduct that from the cost of the external wall insulation. There's also very generous grants for those at the moment. We were able to avail of the external wall insulation grant, which was worth 8000 for our project. And um, as I said, the other thing that's really good is it's a wrap, essentially. So you deal with an awful lot of these thermal bridges. And earlier on, I highlighted the five principles of, of, a, of a really good retrofit or deep retrofit. And, and with that, all of those thermal bridges are almost certainly dealt with. There's a few others that you might have to deal with, but by and large, the vast majority of them is dealt with. And then uh, for that was the external wall insulation system. That's what the walls were. Um, we have a really good U-value, ju just over um, 0.11, which is very good. Um, and then in our roof space, we went for a very different sort of build-up, one that wouldn't be that common here, particularly in, in, the, in the northwest here, Monaghan, northeast. Um, it would be um, 
we we had a, a 35 mil gutex which is um wood fiber insulation and then the 220 rafter which is the depth of a rafter for people who don't know uh, we got that pumped with recycled newspaper and there was over three tons of recycled newspaper that went into that roof um and and the equivalent weight of the roof if it had have been a cut pir with a tenon saw and then stuffed in and um, that would have been less than a ton so the roof is three times heavier with this natural insulation it's cost comparable it's about the same cost and uh, we're really happy with the outcome as well. My, my reason for going for that wasn't actually embodied carbon or anything like that. It was to do with a thing called decrement delay. And I don't want to be too technical, but it's really about keeping the, the overheating out of the room and roof situation. Um, if the roof is heavier and thicker, um, then it stops the room from heating, overheating as well. So that was the main reason for going with those. Right, and, and, and cost-wise, it was the same for the same U-value? for between PA more or less, and, yeah. yeah more or less okay, okay. Almost, almost no increase in, in comparative um between the two mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so the cellulose so then did you use it in the floors as well or did you did you do anything with the floors so the floor yeah so again just back to i already mentioned the family of insulations board insulations that we talked about with the PIR oils we had two layers of those uh, to make up 180 millimeters of, of insulation that went into the floor um, which is which is quite a depth and if you look at the, the Instagram page whenever we started the demolition uh, I remember doing a post which the insulation that was in the floor was only about the thickness of a curly whirly um, just before the session there I, I was scrolling through some of the old photographs that are on the Instagram page and uh, in that actual photograph the grout for the tiles is thicker than the insulation. So we went from that to 180, um, which is a very, very thick amount of insulation. And, and we have an excellent U value then. And then that supports the whole idea of doing underfloor heating with a heat pump and everything. And even even now, even though it's summertime, even walking around your bare feet, it, it, the, the tiles aren't cold. Um, you know, the, they're tactile and they're sort of the same temperature as the room. And the underfloor heating hasn't even been on yet. So. Look forward to my doing that. So you can get all your stats out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so it looks like winter at the moment. Yeah. Mm. yeah it, it does feel like winter. Um, so it was a solid floor then. It wasn't a suspended floor, obviously, that what you had there to work with. But another, another interesting comment on that is that we went with a sand cement, very deliberate sand cement screen, and we made it 100 mil thick. Uh, and I remember some of the construction team on site going, really why uh, and the whole idea there was that if we beefed up the, the the floor screen with the underfloor heating in it the thicker the screen and the heavier material it is i.e the sand cement there is other types of screens that you can get that are lighter um the heavier screen the thicker screen would hold the heat longer so if you were looking at a bar chart of this it would be smoother sort of humps and downs rather than up down up down up down so you, it, it would hold the heat for longer that was really the approach with that as well mm. um and but less responsive that's kind of the trade-off but if you keep if you keep it on all the time it just can regulate itself then isn't that the idea not to oh totally need responsiveness the whole idea of a heat pump is to, you know, it's like the turtle and the and the hare. It's it sort of slow and steady wins the race, sort of thing. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm so then, so with the insulation types, um, basically, isn't it like my understanding of it is when you have, 
the kind of thicker insulation, um, it tends to be cheaper because the actual inherent insulation value of it is less good. So you kind of, it's kind of a, you're, you're always kind of balancing, you know, the, the price with what insulation value you're getting for it. So Correct. are they all kind of equivalent cost-wise at the end of the day? Can, is that fair to say, or is there still a, a scale? Um, with the floor the insulation? With, with, let's say, the, your standard um, PIR, the rigid board ones, with, uh, versus, let's say, the EPS, which would be thicker yeah. for the same insulation value versus, let's say, mineral wool. Yeah, there's it, a... Rough rule of thumb, thumb is you're right. There, there isn't a huge deal because the trade-off is that you, you know, with with say EPS insulation that doesn't have as good a conductivity as PIR, you have to have a bigger thickness. Therefore, more it, it sort of does. So more yeah, cost, more yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so at the end of the day, really, it is about the application more than anything. It's not so much cost, isn't it, for for insulation? Yeah, correct. And right, and and then on site, it's all about attention to detail. It's all about, um, you, you know, and and then for people like are tuning in today and they're the homeowner, you, you, you know, it, it is those little little things that you might think, oh, I'm not bother doing that, and um, all those little things add up and and make the difference, and and that's really what the passive house standard is all about as well. It's just really a attention to detail and being very very particular about various little details, and and that. That's the thing that that closes this performance gap that we talk about. Um, I, I had various meetings on Monday, and and there is, you know, a thing at the moment where you know some academic research that's out there within Ireland that's saying that some A1 rated houses have as much of a as much as a 38% performance gap. Um, and the reason for that is really this attention to detail type thing that we're talking about. You know. Mm -hmm. So insulation continuity, air tightness being everywhere and everything being sealed up properly then that's right yeah. and again i did answer some questions that that that, that came in following one of the posts there as well for for us um you, you know we were going after the the passive house thing but um having just done a project and hadn't completed it and be being a final account stage um i did research before the project you know how much is it going to cost and, and and again i knew how much i hoped to do it for and i knew how much in reality it would probably come at me and um you, you know it's very hard to get away from the figure of two thousand euro a meter squared um and for us that that brings us in at around you know just over three hundred and sixty thousand, um and to be fair, that that is where we've come in, and that is what the guide price was from the the Royal Institute of of Architects of Ireland, and the RAAI. That 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 was that was the the price that they had as well for outside of Dublin. So, um, by and large, you, you know, I I'm really 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 happy with that in in terms of costs because I have, you know, through the passive house methodology, a house that I know is going to perform, and all the rest for, for that investment. Um, and you know, we've done some rough analysis with the phbp um and and if you can you know consider a mortgage period this this 28 years for us you know we're, we're very confident that if you were to compare leaving the house as is which maybe isn't that you know probably would have changed it but probably cosmetically we mightn't have structurally changed it or changed the the plumbing and all of that um the the difference over the 28 years is going to be over a hundred thousand so there's a hundred thousand savings projected against you know the, the 360 thousand we spent so 
therefore for us it sort of adds up you know yeah but still 360 sounds high you did you redid everything then did you get a new kitchen and yeah all of that yeah, like what does that include yeah yeah so yeah everything yeah so that it is it is the cost like that sounds like a new build really doesn't it it's when you were saying yeah. you figured that with a new build you'd be with a renovation or renovating the bungalow you'd well, be well, we, a bit cheaper we avoided than, all we we sorry Asher, yeah we we avoided all the costs of um you know connection charges um we we were away from a lot of the planning requirements as well um you know no foundations no groundworks anything like that um when when we sort of were finishing off here we already had our garden and everything you know there's there's a lot in all of that as well and um, you know sewer connections everything was there as well so yeah. all those um, when I when I did a rough sort of cost to, to build up on the farm, um, I, I don't believe I would have got out of it for less than half a million. Right. Okay. So definitely better value. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So just in terms of insulation solutions for different house types, Let's say, is it fair to say that generally a solid, let's say an, an older house that would have a solid wall would be better suited for external wall insulation? Um, and then um, kind of there be, if you have a cavity of a certain amount, pumping beads makes more sense. And then dry lining internally is, is another option for the walls. So which kind of houses are suited for I know it's it's it is really a case by case basis where you do have to get someone in to do yeah. that but just in kind of to get an idea of what the option but yeah so, so to talk about insulation for various house types and, and again you do get asked from friends and family and stuff all, all the time around this and, and the, the, there is no rule of thumb per se that you can give everybody to take away because there is such differences and almost nearly if you if you're thinking somebody even describes a house type to you and then you go to that house type there's probably something else very unique there that is affecting that um but but if a, if a house is really old like say older than the 1950s a lot of the natural materials or insulation materials that i've mentioned today are probably very you know applicable to that type of building in a lot of cases particularly if it is you know detached and, and of a heritage nature in terms of um georgian styles and different things but then moving on from the 1950s onwards again you know, when it comes to external wall insulation, the, the rule of thumb from the Institute in Germany would always be, you know, insulate on the outside. You move the dew point away from the inside 
therefore, you know, in terms of mold, condensation, various factors like that, you, you're, you're, I suppose, erring on the safer side there all the time. Now, external wall insulation is growing in Ireland as a thing. I'm glad to see that. Um, but primarily, that's the one that, you know, I, I'd be an advocate for. And then everything has its place and dry lining has its place as well in various situations as well. But again, a degree of caution is needed around that, um, you know, uh, particularly mm. then when when it's an older building or a solid wall. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers that. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then in terms of a cost optimal amount of insulation, after a certain amount of insulation, there's no point in going, well, the more you put insulation, the more it insulates, it's supposed to sound obvious. But actually, after a certain amount, yeah, the money you'd put in to put more insulation, you wouldn't really get back in less heating bills yeah. and all that. So what's what's kind of... So there is a sweet spot. So, so re really, the, you, you're trying to get all U values below 0 0.15 um, is, is the golden figure. Um, in some cases, you, you know... You know, zero point one zero is really the limit. I I would say going anything below that, which which some people do do, um, it isn't cost effective at all. Um, so so really, you know, in between between a new value of point one five and point one zero is is the sweet spot there, um, and that means you know you wouldn't really expect in Ireland, which is known as a cool temperate climate to be having insulation levels much greater than 150 um, to 200. Once you go past 200, that, that, that is not cost effective, I would say, um, particularly with EPS insulation or anything like that. Um, when it comes to, uh, again, choice of heating systems and stuff, if you're looking for to put in a heat pump, an air to water heat pump, and again, there's a lot of conversation, particularly in this whole Instagram space of home builders, a lot of discussions, a lot of people have asked questions over the last year about that as well. If you're looking to bring into play one of those types of heating technologies, the better you make the fabric, the better that will perform. And an analogy that I would use all the time around this is like your fridge. Your fridge is a heat pump. It's just it's in reverse. And the fabric of your fridge is very clear and understandable to everybody. It, it is a door that's full of insulation. The sides of the fridge, the roof, the floor of the fridge, they're all full of insulation. And you have an airtight seal on the door. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it probably does. Um, so therefore, that's suitable for an air-to-water heat pump. But if your fabric isn't of that scale and you're not doing the whole air tightness, then it's completely okay to, to go with um, even an oil boiler in many cases because you're going to use much, much less oil um, with still going with, you know, you know uh, average levels of insulation, average levels of air tightness. You're still going to have a much, much improved situation. Now, obviously, I'd advocate everybody to go as far as they can, but of course, cost is a thing as well for everybody and you have to cut your cloth to suit. So, um Hopefully that makes a degree of sense as well. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And maybe we should define what a U-value is because <laughs> we're so used to these terms. But just to explain, um, you know, because it's it's about the layers, isn't it? Cause there's yeah, the, well, you, well, you, each... you, you, started, you, you started very well earlier by talking about a TOG value for a duvet. It's very similar. It's a way of measuring the heat loss through a, an element, be it in a building, a floor, a wall, a roof. Um, so, so the figure is, in some ways, that's all you need to know. Yeah. It's just it's it's how much heat losses is lost. So so the lower the figure, the better the U value. 
Yeah, and but ironically, sleep. then it, because you have to add up all the layers, so you you add up the plaster, the insulation does most of the work, obviously, to get a good U value. But like every single bit of layer adds up. But that measure, what is it, thermal resistance or something for yes, insulation? Thermal. The higher the number, the better it is, isn't it? It's inverse. Oh, it's a bit counterintuitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's the opposite. So just to make sure, you know what, figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, so again, um, that that's that, that's right. What Astrid's saying is just the various layers all add up. But when 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 you were saying about the various layers all adding up, the U value that you get is is a desktop figure. It, it's a figure that's written down on paper. It, there's no real technology. Well, there is technology out there to, to, to do like a bleep test, you know, where you put the thing on your chest and um, you can do an inside and an outside of that to get a to get a real U value in practice. But it's very, very rare. It's really the academics that have that technology. But um, this care and attention that I spoke about earlier, th that's the difference between translating your desktop U value figure, the one that you're hoping to get that's done on a piece of paper to reality um, so, so it's, it's you can't afford to have gaps or any sort of horror stories or anything mad going on you, you, you need you need the layers to be done as they're designed have you come across a lot of projects like that that actually didn't like, give us a few horror stories oh they're, they're <laughs> everywhere they're everywhere i i'd, I'd worry about um the, the mass building market's the one that, that that's probably you know fair fair to give a hit to um you, you know again even when you have a good developer a, a good a good um you, you know contractor they're at the mercy of their staff um and the execution on site of various things now there's a number of factors that are hard and challenging all the time the weather and look at the weather this last month no better example um but the the insulation stuff it, it really does come down but when it comes to this homeowner owner um area and self build um that that's that's the challenge or that's maybe the opportunity here for all of us that are in this space um around being able to tackle that yourself um and there's lots of good people um within the sector given short cpd courses to you know you don't have to be a construction professional to go along and learn really good nuggets around what to do and what to look out for on site but um, in terms of those horror stories as well, you know, it's it's really about avoiding uh, the the one that keeps rattling me at the moment is the heat pumps, and it's not that there's anything wrong with air to water heat pumps. It, it's this thing of like you, you know you go to a wedding and somebody comes up to you and they're like, Barry, what story? Is it? You're into all this. What's the story with these heat pumps? I, I have an electricity bill and it's colossal from I got the heat pump, and then you're like. You, you know, uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> and then it's really just about breaking the bad news that probably various parts of the fabric of the building are just simply not performing. And and it's about, you, you know, has that got away? Probably in some instances, but is there some stuff you can do? Yeah, there always is something that you can do, depending. Um, so, so it's really about that. So, um, for for me, that's the horror story that's ongoing at the moment. Yeah, because uh, how do you identify that? Do you, you use your bleep testing, or what would you do well, to actually the, find out what the problem is in the house? The air tightness test is is a real good one. Um, and my experience maybe of teaching the passive tradespersons course and different things over the years has really helped me see this. Where 
builders are actually very funny. Um, they, they come in uh, and they start the course and they maybe argue with you for the first morning up until lunchtime and then they have a bit of a group discussion and then they come back and they're like, you know, you're on to something there or, you, you know, the, the whole thing, start, mood starts to change. And then by the end, they're very, very good builders at then turning around and, and giving you solutions to problems. Um, but but some of them then that have stayed on that journey um, and have stayed in contact with me, what you've seen then is that there's real pride in their work. But the blower door test, a lot of them see that as a stamp of approval. So the lower that they can get the house in terms of air tightness, you know, the, the, that is an indicator of the quality of construction. Um, you, you know, and how well it's done. And for, you know, I was very proud in our job that, you know, the first air tightness test came in at 0.69. I was proud of our own contribution to that, but for the builder that hadn't done it before um, and for the various other people that were involved in the project, you know, that was, that was really good. And then our second air tightness test, we got down to 0.53, which is, you know, more than enough for passive house interfit. In fact, we're on the cusp of maybe being a full passive house. So, um, you, you know, it can be done. That, that, that's a team of, of people that, that came to this and had no, no experience of, of building to that level of air tightness before and were able to do it. So, I mean, you know, there it is. Um, you need the buy-in, though, as you say. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it's about, isn't it? It yeah. is. It, it probably is. The buy-in is in. And then, and then, as I said at the very start, the paints are a great get-out-of-jail card in terms of difficult details and everything. That, that really, really helps now. Um, you might see in some of the posts like like I'm going around with a, a a leaf blower, just getting dust out of the way, just at that connection between the uh, the floor at subfloor level and the walls, and and really you just have to sorry for using Monaghan language here, you just have to slap the paint in all around. You can be as messy as you want. It's it's like blue Peter or PVA glue everywhere. Just go 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 with it, and you can't do it wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that and that was one of the almost awkward details forever and ever. Um, it could it couldn't be got right until the paints came. You know. Excellent, super. And mm. um, was there anything else that we didn't cover about insulation and air tightness that um, people need to know about? That we ran through a few, quite a few bits there. Yeah, probably. Um, have. Um, I, I suppose I, I maybe just alluded to it a wee moment ago. Um, re really and truly as well, um, in a masonry build construction, that this is sort of the rule of thumb, I would always say, um, your air tightness layer is, is the plaster. So like the sand cement screed that's put on on the blocks uh, and then the finished plaster, that is your airtight layer. So the, the if, if and I've been out before doing this with, with my work, um, if, if you go out and you do a blower door test, the, the, the main place where you see leakage all the time is, of course, the windows. Sometimes where the conduit is, you, you know, with the sockets, you always find that as well. But the number one one is at the skirting board. And if you ever knock off a skirting board, what everybody here would be able to close their eyes and visualise right now is an uneven layer of plaster and then the exposed block. And that is exactly what the skirting board is there to do, is to cover that. And you would not believe how porous or how unairtight a block is. In fact, it, it, up in Enniskillen, where we have in the college, we, we actually cover it in fairy liquid and we turn on the fan and it's like a bubble factory, the amount of air that comes through a block so so really it's it's those three places in the build it, it, it's 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 and it's all to do with the plaster just, just getting that layer 
covering covering the, the block work and if that's done you, you you're airtight with that detail so um i suppose just that you, you asked me astrid about you know what else covering air tightness that's it masonry is plaster and then where you've timber elements or if you've a timber frame building it's all the tapes and membranes that, that that's where they come into play so typically again thinking of most irish construction now and, and i am from timber frame background um it's only in the roof part where you'd really be getting into the tapes and membranes with the exception of the windows. But in a timber frame, then it's all membranes and tapes. Okay. So if you were to build, if you were to build that new house, um, what building method would you go for to, oh. to make your life easy? I know that's probably that, a question you, you can't answer. But. No, no, no I, would, no, I would answer it very quickly. Um, I, I, I think uh, a number of things that I would look at, what, what I almost certainly would not do is, is build cavity construction. No, no way at all would I entertain that for a second. Um, block on its flat with external wall insulation could be very cost effective. Um, there is suppliers in the Irish market now that have an aerated concrete block, which is very similar to to having a block on its flat you know in europe they call it monolithic construction so one layer wall with external wall insulation and again the skill level comes way down there you can't really mess that up um and then the other one that i would look at would be um timber frame and icf as well because of their um their values timber frame i would look at because of the embodied carbon aspect of everything else um when it comes to looking at uh, icf construction while the concrete is, is very bad in terms of embodied carbon what what it does give you is the icf gives you that thermal bridge free situation but it also gives you an inherent air tightness with poured concrete so um you know you know you're off to a winner there and the speed of construction as well mm. and why not cavity wall then it's just it, it takes too slow it's too slow it, it's too cumbersome it's there's a lot of detail for me in it um, that you have to get right and a lot of things you have to look out for all the way through um and and i i i'd, I'd honestly believe I'd, I'd predict this that you know 10 years from now i i don't think at all it'll be the dominant form of construction i think we will we'll have moved on from that um yeah you heard it, you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> With those if it's not already happened. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's not yet. I don't think. But um, yeah, I think people are moving away. There, there is a lot of detail for they call this. What do they call them? Snots that get in, like the bits of like there, you need to keep the cavity clean and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's not and, really and reality, easy to that's do. That's very hard. Yeah. 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 Okay, dogs. Well, thanks so much, Barry. Really appreciate it. And yeah. your Instagram is. Bungalow retrofit, isn't it? Bungalow underscore retrofit, yeah. Bungalow underscore retrofit. That's great. All, loads of details on that. It's a super page. That's great. Thanks, Thank Barry. You. Thank you. Cheers. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Build Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the Self-Build Plus journey, which is your step-by-step -step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.